We've been fighting a long time. We have all lost so very much. So many loved ones gone. But you are not alone. There are pockets of resistance all around the planet. We are at the brink. You have no idea how important you are. If you're listening to this, you are the resistance. Ave everybody, Steve with Sons Fidelium, coming at you on a different platform, if you haven't figured that out yet, with Jeremiah and Mika, 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 Mikaela, did I mess that up? <laughs> Michaela. 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 <laughs> I'm sorry, Harrison's. So That's right. my apologies, I forgot how to speak English for a brief moment. Uh, they came up with a new calendar. So please talk about this new calendar you got uh, coming out from Sophia Press. It was her idea. <laughs> We're blaming her. Okay. <laughs> yes, it's a illustrated liturgical calendar um, that was created for children mostly, but we've come to find that all ages uh, greatly benefit from it. And here's here's the way I like to put it. So you know, okay, so we all have those uh, calendars. They put they come some come some come from uh, Tan or uh, Sophia and other places, and they've got you know it's a liturgical calendar. You've got that beautiful picture on top, and you've got all the white squares on, on the bottom and below. Uh -huh. And written in in text is this, this saint's day and the feast day. and has a little symbol, the fish, to tell you that you've got to fast and these things. So everybody has these on their wall already. But, you know, they're very helpful. They're useful. But I thought, now I don't, I don't, I don't know if this, this idea came to us quite like this, but the way I pitch our calendar is, what if you had a calendar where the whole thing was illustrated, where every instead of a bunch of little white boxes, it was one unit and every single day was illustrated with the saint or the feast or the fairy of that day. And you had little symbols on there that represented the different things you need to know, like the rank of feasts. What if the size of the day was actually different based on the rank of feasts? Like a first class would be kind of tall and have like arch arches to it. And like a fourth class would be sort of the smallest, maybe the more most plain. And then what if you had in your, you had a frame and, in the frame, you were able to put imagery, you know, kind of all around. So you had the main images of the days of the saints' feast days or the you know, particular feast day. And Sundays would be extra big because Sundays have a kind of a primacy during the week, right? Mm -hmm. What if you had this thing to where instead of being divided up by months, it was divided by the seasons, by the actual seasons of the liturgical year. And so the frame would actually take its shape and color based on where you were. So like wood for Advent to sort of mean for fasting and for Lent. And then you could have like, like gold for Christmas, right? And we have like bright white stone for Easter. So you sort of take and illustrate it. And then every, every sheet that you flip over, you kind of take that journey visually. And it's something that has so much embedded in it. You can look at the images and you look at the images and the borders and everything has a meaning. So when you look at it at a glance, you're kind of wondering, okay, why did they put that there? Well, there's something in the liturgy for that. And so we're thinking, okay, we'll take... Dom Guerrero's the the uh, liturgical year. Mm -hmm. We'll take the traditional missile, like we've got our our Saint Andrew uh, our Saint Andrew daily missile, and then like the breviary, because we're both oblates of a Benedictine Abbey, 
And the the monks, they have all of their offices, including matins, where that's where you read a lot of the Old Testament and stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's always connections. And so what if you did all of that and then you made this series of illustrated calendars? Wouldn't that be grand? Then I have to actually do it. (laughs) Then you you put it together. Yeah, because... I look at when I first saw it. I looked at I was, we were talking off camera. So I was looking at my calendar that I made on Zazzle with St. Joseph. I was looking at y'all's calendar and I'm going, that's a Catholic calendar. That's more a secular one that I turned Catholic because we don't use, if we're, if we're going with the church, we use a different calendar. The first of the year is the first week of Advent. Yes. The first of the year in the secular world is January 1st, where everyone's partying the, uh, the, the, uh, the 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 ones that don't go out and do it anyways uh, I can't I get the, the name anyways so to be church related you guys came it's kind of like Shark Tank when you come out saying I see a, a void in the matrix here and uh, <laughs> we're gonna put something here that's in a demand that's a need that no one has before and that's basically what you guys created yeah, yeah. well uh, it started several years ago with just the Lent calendar right There's... um because kids are especially when they're you know they're they're sacrificing things they really uh, miss for Lent they want to know when Easter is and having a calendar specifically for Lent is very helpful to see how far we we're in it so um but I realized after Lent was over, you know, they, they were so involved with with this with the feasts, and they were really was counting down the days and yeah, walking and through I thought, the season. Well, well, what about we Easter? What about the Easter season? And then it and then Advent is a, another time. A lot of people do calendars for Advent to prepare for Christmas. But what about what about all those beautiful feasts during the during the the, the twelve days of Christmas before and Epiphany. Epiphany, and then even after Epiphany? So yes. it's like the whole year, uh, the whole liturgical year is so rich. But a lot of us aren't aware because uh, we're we're not immersed in that. And so, how can we help our families? Um, well, even more, it's a. I'll look over and I can't read because I'm not an eagle. What I got written over there for the the saint of the day, I might know what day it is and know that saint. But on y'all's calendar, you got boom a picture of him or her that day that I can see from across the hall. Who's yeah. that? Day? And you know what day that is. Right. Instead also, of having to go, who do I got written down over there in font three? Yep. Well, also that way the children that even children that can't read, they can recognize which saints are coming up. And that's that's a really big deal. To they can say, Hey mom, you know, so and so's feast is coming up, you know, next week. And then the mom's like, Oh yeah, I gotta get ready for that or whatever. Well then so. and then and I think that's that's really what your heart is too. To make something that so with the normal calendar with the white squares, the kids, you know, there's nothing that draws their eye to it. But see, with this calendar, the kids themselves could actually be the ones that help keep track of things because they want to take a look at it every day. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, you get the blank square, or maybe you'll get somebody to put some really good looking art on. Or I, jo- I, I joke, with my wife say, you know, when the when some orders send you a calendar and it's just basically of themselves saying mass, hey, that's great, but I want to see. Beautiful saint art. I don't, you know, no, no offense. I don't want to see your sanctuary or you guys doing a pilgrimage. Show that, show some beautiful artwork. And you got a, was it 17 by 24? It's just basically eye grasp. I mean, it just catches your eye on every level. Yep. Well, that's, that's what you're trying to do. That's what we're trying to do. So the it, idea is, is we want, we want to make something like this is like a token that people, we want really Catholics everywhere could put up in their home. And they can always remember where they are in the liturgical year. 
it's it's mm -hmm. something to really make because so we're, like I mentioned earlier, we're oblates, Benedictine oblates, and, and the Benedictines have that unique characterism, char, uh, charism of practicing the liturgy, and mm -hmm. the monks that we live next to, they're just they're such an inspiration. Everything they do is infused with the liturgy. Mm -hmm. The their whole life is just steeped in it, and uh, we're very aware living next to them how how far we are from that. And I know. I mean, all of our friends, people who live, you know, out in the city, it's just so hard to be connected to the church's liturgical year all the time. You know, especially you consider so many folks who have to drive an hour or two hours to their to their closest, you know, TLM parish or whatnot. How do you do this every day? Because especially as things are getting crazier and crazier in our world, we need to be able to live this every day. And so this calendar has become something you could put on your wall to, to make it easier to anchor yourself. And there's so much that has been illustrated. There's so much meaning there. So, you know, you, you could get the volume of like, you know, the, the liturgical year by Dom Garanger. You may not have time to go through all of it. So we've, we've taken elements from that and just depicted it on the calendar to just draw people to spend more time to try to dig into it. And it has drawn us. I mean, as we've been, I'd say we've been creating, she's the artist. I get to help a little bit. I, you know, <laughs> I bet if it's, a, I bet it's a conversation starter in a house. If somebody walks in and sees that. Oh yeah. I think that's, oh, yeah. that's partly the point. That's, that's yeah. definitely been, been the case. And with the children, we have ours usually right by our dining room table. So it makes it really right. easy to talk about um, like, and the children will ask. And I, the children will ask because I specifically put things in there that help the children to know um, a little more, like symbols, think patterns that children can learn to recognize. So, for example, um, anytime there's a martyr, I try to always make sure uh, to either have the martyr holding the palm or if it's commemoration, the palm is in the. But you um, bring it up real quick. Well, I'll, I'll zoom in and I'll show. Yeah. While we're, while we're um, talking. But basically, yep, once you teach the children the patterns, the children can learn to recognize on their own um, martyrs. They can learn to recognize what rank feast it is, what color vestment the priest is going to be wearing. Um, and so I follow um, the fraternity's calendar, um, but the borders, um, the frame, that is where I take artistic license to bring forward uh, what uh, this, what uh, different aspects of the season um, mm -hmm. or different bits of, um, of helping to teach the children the faith. Um, and you did so, all this, you, with a pen, <laughs> with a pencil well, and so, color, you did all that. Sort of, sort of. So uh, I, what I do, well, our process has evolved as we've been able to, to make it better. So, this is really a group effort. Yes, I'm the, yeah. I'm, I compose it. <clears throat> I begin with, with black and white. Um, I read, I read the different sources that I have and look over the calendars that I have. And then once I, I do the whole draft and um, this whole calendar is created in pieces. It's not one solid um, poster at, mm -hmm. initially. It's, it's, it's made in individual pieces and then stitched together um, digitally, um, because every year the calendar changes. And so we needed to have that flexibility to be able to, um, to move saints feast days around to add new elements. So, um, we don't really get to see the whole calendar come together in color until the very end. Mm -hmm. Um, once the black and white is finished, 
uh, we got a special printer that prints on watercolor paper. Um, and so uh, we lighten it so you can barely see the lines. And then my sister, Rose, um, she's also a very talented artist. She helps me paint. So she gets it kind of like a, a really nice coloring page and she helps to fill in the color after she's, um, sometimes we'll, we'll both work on that depending upon how much time we have <laughs> for deadlines. And then we'll scan those in, do any fixes uh, digitally. And then we give them to my other sister, Kateri, and she, um, she does a lot of the Photoshop work stitching it all together so she'll get the all the individual images and the frame pieces and she will put it all together in photoshop and then that's how we create our file so i'm not doing it solo uh, because the amount of detail um there's there's so much to cover um so really it's, it's because because of all of us together that we're able to do these and if you realize <clears throat> michaela's pulling from art from from this is basically a, a compendium of hundreds of pieces of art pulled from medieval, from classical, and she's she does a lot of tracing and integrating. So all of the art pieces you see here, they're taken from either statues, things that that other artists have, you know, stained glass, stained glass sculptures, windows, sculptures, icons. Because I nothing in here really you could say is original, other than the fact that I'm compiling it, mm -hmm. um, and then the styling is. I mean, the strokes are, 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 I guess you could say, my own style, but the but the actual content is all um, somewhat predetermined. <laughs> We're just right, putting it all together. Right. Well, like here, like here's St. Nicholas on the 6th of, of uh, December. And so uh, do you remember when you pulled, was it a stained glass window of St. Nicholas? Yeah, that it was. I, don't, I don't think I pulled it in the source <clears throat> images for this. You did but, um, but But see, this stole, this was something you did because this this uniquely references a story, right? Yes. That's there's, right. There's a story of St. Nicholas saving, well saving, the, saving the three boys that, that, oh, you put that it in there. Okay. <laughs> it's right. in his stole. And there's also the ship in his stole because he's a patron saint of sailors. And you see those shoes there with the gifts because a tradition of St. Nicholas's feast day is... <laughs> That he leaves gifts in the children's shoes if they leave them out. He stuck Easter eggs in the photos. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, that that's really there's there's just you could say there's Easter eggs all over, and they're either about the saint, they're about that season of the year. Like for example, you see here on the border. So we take the we call these the mantle. This is above the days and is per week. And in the mantle, we illustrate either what the churches have uh, church having us to meditate on that week or something appropriate to that season. So, for example, here we are, we're in the second week of Advent, and we, she did these images on the three ways that Christ comes to us. You see, in the flesh, in history, in the soul, in mystery, and in judgment and glory. And so every week, there's just there's theology wrapped around the whole thing. And it's, it, You even put the moon in there. I just noticed that. <laughs> what, which is it? I just noticed you put the moon in it. Oh, yeah, yeah right. Well, that and that's how you tie it to where you are. So the the phases of the moon every day has the particular moon phase. Mm -hmm. You'll see all, all throughout the whole calendar. We have all the moon phases. The idea is, is that you know the children, um, if they can relate what's going on in the natural world with what's going on and the with the liturgical calendar and its seasons, there's a rhythm there, and we want mm -hmm. to put in as much to help the children um, see how well the how how all these things fit together, and so. Um, there's a lot of thought. We, we have a lot of discussions. Like if you noticed, so for each, so this is Advent, right? And you see the wood tones kind of reminding us of a penitential season as we're anticipating the coming of Christ. You see here in the top right corner, the Advent wreath, one candle lit for the first week, two uh -huh. candles for the second, uh -huh. 
three candles for the third, four candles for all four. There's there's just all these little things that mm -hmm. uh, most of these she comes up with. She'll she'll sit down before planning each calendar and read from Dom Garanger and from the Missal, from the uh, particularly the readings of each of the Sundays. Mm -hmm. And I'll, just the content kind of unfolds itself from there. Unless, and and then, the mantles will, um, I usually uh, will have the mantles contain um, sort of extensions from whatever the gospel is about, especially mm -hmm. because the gospel is oftentimes read multiple times um, on Faraday days following. So I'll sort of continue the mantle there unless the mantle um, needs to contain something from the season. So like with Advent, um, I th believe almost all the mantles are already filled with different right. different things related to the be... season. But going into some of the other calendars, the gospel will, will be in a scroll across, which you'll see. Here, I'll show them. Okay. Yeah. We'll bounce let's around. Go into, let's, we'll jump all the way to Epiphany. Okay. Because <laughs> in Epiphany, you see here, you see you have the gospel of the Holy Family and the readings mm -hmm. from the gospel are reflected in these images. And so she has a scroll going through of, of a, you know, a, a, a segment of the, of gospel, the gospel usually um, that he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. And you see here, here's Christ and St. Joseph in the workshop, our lady. Mm -hmm. And then uh, do, you, do you go, why did you choose to do? Uh, so because this is the feast, this is the death, of the Saint feast Joseph of the Holy family. I basically in the mantle covered the lifespan of Christ being with his family before his public ministry. So all the way, you know, him as a child, all the way to the point you know, where St. Joseph maybe, you know, would have died. And that this is their, this is the week where we're, we're meditating upon them as a family. So kind of showing the the progress across that. So that's why I that's like there. it below here for the second Sunday after Epiphany. Yes. So this mantle was, was, was unique because this is not from the gospel, but it is, it's from the mass, but a part of the mass that particularly relates to what's going on in the gospel. And it's the words from the offertory where the priest is blessing the, um, the water and pre preparing, preparing of the wine. And the particular blessing is very reflective of what's going on in the gospel. And so and of course it bears I, the wedding feast of Cana is the reading. So that, that. right. So, but, and so whenever things are, are reflecting each other, I try to show that in the imagery. So here you have Christ blessing the water. Um, that's about to become the wine. And then in the mantle, you have the priest with the same posture. And so children can kind of see that there's these things are connected. Um, and then across the mantle here, can we make it bigger? I guess it is that size. Um, in the prayer, it talks about Christ coming um, to partake in our humanity. And so then showing the family. So the calendars are supposed to help to connect us to the liturgy um, of the church, which is primarily when we go to to the, the to mass um, or to the liturgy, but in our homes we want to continue that, and so I try to put in the calendars things that children can relate to in their homes that connect us to the church uh, at large, the domestic church, and then the the main the the, the main church. I don't know what to call. <laughs> and again, this is good size, so it's not like they'll be squinting like. I can't read that. You'll be able to read that when it's. I'm sorry. Small. It says our screen's small. I can't quite read the words. When we're Somebody, I, can, in, I can zoom in. Oh, this is part go. of the Christmas calendar. There we go. Can you read that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very good. Yeah, each one of these are going to be uh, 18 by 24 posters as uh, Sophia is publishing them. And uh, they're, the posters should be in, I think, or almost in. They should they're be, about ready to go out, I, I think. They're about ready to start shipping out to folks. So since we've been. 
making this is just kind of our mission. I, I want to get these posters into as many Catholic homes as God wills. You got Advent, Christmas, right? That, you got others? Yes. So the first, uh, the first set is called the Christmas cycle. It uh -huh. begins with Advent, Christmas, and then Epiphany, and that comes across two posters. The, this year, Epiphany uh, is what one, two, three. A little three. longer. Yes, we have, we have a longer. I don't know if you know, but Epiphany is it's like a tide. It goes sometimes it's as short as like one or two weeks, and it can be as long as seven weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, this year, it is I think it's what six weeks. It's three. Yeah, it looks like five and a half weeks. So that the calendars, it, it takes a bit of creativity to learn to work with the, the, right. the changing, um, the changing of the liturgical year. But this is a Epiphany part. We found two. Yeah, yeah Epiphany is... part two, and this. Um, so the in sequel. The... <laughs> Say what? The sequel to Epiphany. Yeah, <laughs> well, you and actually the way they're designed, you actually could put both posters up if you had enough space in the wall on yeah. top of each yeah. other and just be like a long thing. But we're basically, we're as we go through this first year of publication, we've broken up this calendar into four volumes. Volume one is the Christmas cycle. Goes all the way through Epiphany. Volume two will pick up with Septuagesima, Lent, and Easter. Volume three will be the first part of Pentecost. Mm -hmm. And then volume four will be all the rest of time after Pentecost until the end of the year. And the mm -hmm. goal is, excuse me, to produce these annually. So if you notice, these are actually formatted to, to the day. They're, everything is lined up, you know, for each year. Mm -hmm. And so our goal here. <laughs> is to produce this every year. And that's, that's what's interesting. Oh, we got kids, kids jumping in. Um, would that's you, what makes, go ahead. Would you every year uh, make different, say like with John Bosco or Ignatius that we were looking at right there, would you come up with different uh, styles or would you just use the same one and just put them in the, the different part of the week? We've talked about that. Right now, we're going to use the same ones and put them put them where they go at the different part of the week. But we'll probably be year by year gradually updating the imagery, bringing it sharper, bringing it crisper. Some mm -hmm. feats we'll redo. So there'll be the the workload this first year is is very very heavy because drawing all of this for the first time. But each year it won't be completely re redone. So you, the kids will be able to recognize from year to year the the same you know the same imagery. Uh, but there's things we will add as you, this really, and you could say in some ways is a bit of an experiment to produce this in this way. I know I still have a desire to make some sort of a, uh, a reusable, reusable one, but Mercator's... I I'm doubtful if that's possible, but maybe he'll come up with a way. <laughs> that's a, this is a solid experiment because I mean, this, like you said, living the liturgical year at home and getting the kids interested and, Getting your you know visitors at the house going, what's that about? I, I'm, I'm guarantee I put this up in a house and somebody comes over, they're gonna be looking at going. Tell me a little bit about this. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it'd be good for for parents because um, you know sometimes we uh, don't realize how much we don't know, and so when when kids ask the parents questions like, well, who is that? Why is he that way? And the parents may not. I mean, they may know the answer, but they also may not. And that can be like, oh, well, that would be, that'd be a good thing to go learn about. And so it's kind of a, a gentle nudge for families to learn more about their faith. And even though, you know, I, I compiled this, I still, after I'm done and I'm looking over it again, I still see things that I didn't even realize were there when I was composing it. So because it's liturgical year, it's not my composition. I'm just 
putting um, putting it into images, there's still so much for me to meditate on in relationships between different feast days or certain things being close by mm -hmm. other things that I don't even pick up on the first round. So there's there's so much there. Have we talked about any any of the we have states? We haven't. Yeah, I mean, here, I'll show my. This, this is probably my favorite one, and the one of the clearest ones is uh, you know tradition holds and the church fathers have taught that there's three epiphanies in in the life of our Lord, and mm -hmm. you know we, we all know the epiphany of the wise the magi the wise men coming to the child Jesus, and then there's also the Christ baptism in the Jordan that revelation there, and then the wedding feast of Cana. And mm -hmm. all of those feast dates always occur within the season of Epiphany. And mm -hmm. so because of because we're illustrating, we can do things with art that you can't quite do with words. And if you see here, you'll notice you'll see the star mm -hmm. shining above sends out two rays of light that kind of go through the calendar. And where do they fall? They connect those. What do they connect to? The, the feast of the baptism of our Lord on the following Thursday after Epiphany. Mm -hmm. And then the second Sunday is the wedding feast of Cana. And those three epiphanies all are said to have actually happened on January 6th, but mm -hmm. the church spreads, spreads out um, commemorating them across the season, but they're all really connected to that day to, to, um, to January 6th. So mm -hmm. that's part of the reason why those rays are there. But it's just every time you have every year, when you have this up, you're reminded, mm -hmm. you see that, that little fact, you know, it's not lost. It's, it's got something pointing to it. And, there's just, I mean, if you look here at the top of Epiphany, there's so many things that we can highlight. You know, the family, the tradition of the chalk over the door mantles every year is depicted here. The Epiphany, so you, Epiphany House Blessing. So, you know, you, you put this up, and if you forget to do that, hey, it reminds you. Oh, yeah. Hey, Dad, we got to get the chalk on the door. <laughs> and then on the, the left side there, that's what's going on uh, in the liturgy for Epiphany. So it's the, the blessings of those items. And then the Epiphany Proclamation is an old ancient custom back before we had calendars to tell us when the movable feasts were, um, they would at the Epiphany Mass, um, I believe it was right around the off, right before the offertory, um, they would proclaim when Easter fell that year, what what the date was, and then all the movable feasts. Um, so it's been dropped, but um, but that's that's an old custom that I feel like we don't we don't want to lose these beautiful customs. Um, and so putting them in the calendar kind of helps to tie that together. And we've, dr we've drawn here a monk because the monks of the Abbey, they still do it. <laughs> they do and it, so yeah. there's always a monk that comes forward on the Feast of Epiphany and he holds, is it a scroll or a book? He has a scroll. I think he has a scroll, but I'm, and I'm he, not sure. He says in Latin, we always know when that part of the Mass is because he goes and says all the dates of all the movable feasts. There's a lot so of monks in my calendars because we live close to the monastery. So, <laughs> And there, here's another Easter egg that your folks can find. Who's yeah, that? some people will will be familiar with Old Bufana. Um, a lot of the moms out there that love Tommy DePaolo's um, artwork um, and his children's books. Um, he had so Old Bufana is an Italian tradition um, that's a, that's, that's associated with Epiphany. Old Bufana um, was a cranky old woman, and the three kings were asking her where where Jesus was on their way to find him, and she she dismiss go them. away go away and then they, they said come come with us and she's like no i don't want to but then she changed her mind later and tried to catch up with them but um wasn't able to catch up with them and so she goes around on the the eve of epiphany to all the children um uh, the world uh, yeah sweeping sweeping, sweeping their, their rooms, rooms leaving looking, them goodies thinking because she doesn't know which one's the christ child so that's kind of a tradition um so i i pull from traditions mostly from from europe 
um, different countries um, and, and put them in. I, I read um, and use uh, Maria Von Trapp's uh, the, around the year with the Von Trapp family because she's captured a lot of beautiful customs from, from, from Austria. Um, so it's been interesting though, because we've also got the calendars now going to right. Brazil. Other, other, other folks other. from other countries have shown interest. Like, so we got uh Portuguese. So we got some folks who down in Brazil that wanted in. So we, we actually got translated. We're collaborating with the publisher down there, Centro Don Bosco. And really, we'd love to get this into as many languages as people want. But French would be a great one, I think. It's also funny because their country doesn't have some of the same traditions. Right. So we had to remove Old Bafana because for them, they don't, really know. they don't know who she is. So <laughs> someday we're going to we're gonna get better about making it customized to, for each right. country. It's just the first it. one. Yeah. So yeah, you're doing a great job for just the first one. Oh, Sorry, we're, we're, we got to do 50 countries <laughs> over time. So, over time. so when I'm doing the composition for the saints, uh, I'll read over their, their stories um, as best I can. And then try to come up with things that are of particular interest that I think the children would, would, would naturally remember. So a quick look Shall we go to St. Paul. Okay. So I was reading up. So here's the feast of St. Paul, the first hermit. Mm -hmm. And he was friends with, uh, St. Anthony, Anthony. Um, not St. Anthony of Padua, St. Anthony, a desert father. Um, and so uh, there's there's this amazing story. Um, some people may be familiar with it where uh, God miraculously shows St. Anthony where St. Paul is, where his cave is, because St. Paul was completely away from society for, um, I don't know how long, but he was very old <laughs> and he was going to die and there was no one to bury him. And so Wait, is that is that Saint Paul? It's the other way around, isn't it? Because the you have here. So that's Saint Anthony. Here's Saint Anthony, right? So, but Saint Paul is the one who um, was was in the cave alone, and okay. Saint Anthony came to him, or God brought him there, and um, they uh, they spent time talking. A raven brought every day up a slice of bread. Um, that they they ended up sharing it, and then they also read. Um, they had a, a lot of spiritual talk, discussions, but then what happened was Saint Paul. Um, he, he knew it was time for him to die, so he sent Saint Anthony back to go get something for him, and he died while um, while Anthony was gone. And so when when Anthony gets back, he finds Paul to go down down to the other picture. So so that's Saint Paul's feast, and then this is Saint Anthony's feast. They're very close to each other. So when Saint Anthony comes and he finds Paul there being held by angels, he doesn't have any shovels to bury Saint um, Saint Saint Paul. Mm -hmm. And so two lions come bounding out of the desert, and they they uh, I think they came and and laid at at, at at the feet of Anthony. Anthony gave him a blessing, and then they went and they dug the grave for Paul, and then Paul was able to give him a burial. Um, Anthony was able to. I'm sorry. Paul Barry. <laughs> right. Paul Barry. I'm sorry. I'm getting them mixed up. So basically, there's a narrative of the connection between these two men. Yes, there were other aspects of their lives, but because of their proximity on the calendar, I put those two scenes of them, you know, kind mm -hmm. of to complete that story. But see, children will remember, oh, he's the one that the, the lions came out and dug his grave. Like, that's very, um, very unique <laughs> to that saint. Um, so, and then the other, you'll notice that, that, that some of the days are different sizes and have different elements. So right next to St. Anthony, you have, um, a fairy day. This, this is St. Prisca. So she is, 
this is this is what's called a feria day, which is a fourth so, class. And this is a commemoration of Saint Prisca, right? It's a commemoration. Yeah. So the mass of that day is is the is the what was done the previous Sunday. Mm -hmm. So they'll read they'll go through the same readings, but there will be a special collect and post communion dedicated to Saint Prisca. So that's what that little special um this inset right this, here. Yes. Every time you see one of these on the calendar is telling you a commemoration. Exactly. So and there's two different kinds of commemorations. We'll have a commemoration that will fall on an actual feast day of a saint. For example, this is the feast day of Saint Hilary with the commemoration of Saint Felix. Right. And you'll mm -hmm. see you have an image of Saint Felix and the spider here. But if it falls, if a commemoration falls on a feria day, we'll actually go ahead and put the saint in the main illustration. And then in the feria sort of cove, we'll put a symbol. So here you can tell this person was a martyr because of the palm. And the crown, the crown, and then the star symbolizes heaven. And then right next to it, you have a family that's being commemorated. And so that's why there's four crowns with four mm -hmm. palms. Um, and then the the little scrolls on the top and the bottom, those help to make the image a little smaller so the kids can recognize it's a, it's a lower class feast. But also then it gives me an opportunity to choose um, uh, words from the liturgy that fit with the meditation that the picture is showing. So like the, this particular, um, these words were taken, I believe from the epistle of the Sunday, the previous Sunday. Um, but those, these, the, these saints help us to, as examples, we look to them for how to live out, um, our faith and the words. So, you know, it, it, I don't know if it was Paul or who, who wrote the epistle, but these saints, by their example, lived the words that, you know, that he wrote. So the rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, that's St. Prisca and her martyrdom. And then instant in prayer, pursuing hospitality, this family of four, they would go bury the martyrs. Um, and they weren't supposed to. They ended up getting caught and they were martyred themselves. But that care for their fellow um, brethren and the Christians. This is this is early in the Roman times, still under the persecution. Right. So so anyway, so like rather and also I try to think about for children. You know, some children are more sensitive. Um, uh, you know, so like yes, I could have drawn a picture of all four of them being martyred, but um, I think this showing them as a family doing this service is really um, what would be the most helpful for children to see as an example. And then um, it lets, um, I usually will always show if, if they were martyrs, a lot of times, like the next one over, you see Saints Fabian and Sebastian, <clears throat> like St. Sebastian's holding the uh, the instruments of his death, but it's not, <clears throat> it's more as like, like a trophy, like, hey, I overcame this, as opposed to just showing all the martyrs in the act, you know, in the middle of their martyrdoms. <laughs> I mean, some of them I will it just depends well, upon what I think is fitting for that season and what the, the flow of the days. But also there, there's a way you have them depicted. Like these are depicted as saints in heaven, right? That's why you exactly, have the background. Exactly. So, so it just, it kind of depends. So as I'm reading through, I try to think what will, what would be the most fitting. So you have here and also, so notice where it says their name it gives the class feast right there. And Third then it, the little tag tells you the color, color. of the vestments. Mm -hmm. right. And then like see over on St. Vincent and Anastasius kind of tucked up there in the corner, it says National Day of Penance because that's the anniversary of Roe v. Wade. So the, there's little things in the borders to help us to know what else is going on, not just necessarily what's in the liturgy. Uh, yeah. Do we have any of the... Uh, 
No, I think it's on the next one. Could we go, go to Epiphany 2? Epiphany 2? Yeah. Let's zoom in on Which one do you uh, want? Good Dan. Let's see. Yeah. Like St. Um, let's see. Go down to the, the little oval. So, uh, so saints that are not technically in the liturgy, uh, but are associated with that day, I will hmm. I will put them in the border. So this is uh, St. Paquita. Um, and so the newer saints that were basically 1800s, and later mm -hmm. I do them in a little frame and yeah. they're done like a photo in the style of either a photograph or a miniature, which both were used during the, those time periods. So that's why there's no halo. There's no title because it's like an image. Um, <clears throat> um, so that's unique. So children, can recognize, oh, this is a newer. Yeah. Very clever. Yes. Yes. Um, but it still allows the old calendar to still have primacy of place. Right. So it's almost so, like these newer ones are sort of helping us. They're pointing towards focus on the liturgy. And so whichever um, direction the saint is facing is, is usually the day that, that like the anniversary of their death. Uh -huh. um, this also gives parents the flexibility on how they present these persons to their, their children. Um, with the controversy over some of the newer saints, this allows um, people to present this as either this is Saint so-and-so or for we've got um, people that buy our calendars that, you know, don't recognize some of the newer saints and they can say, oh, this person was a heroic person who did um, uh, like I have um, Gianna Mola, you know, it's a mom who gave her life, you know, rather than, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, have her child die. So that took me, it took some creativity, you know, how can I best help families that are on all spectrums of, on, of the traditional scale to be able to present to their children what they want and in the way that they want without it being a stumbling block or, you know, getting into the controversy too much. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, go zoom in on um, the other saint up on the Sunday, St. Um, Paul, Paul Mickey. Mickey. So like a lot of saints, because they, uh, if they are on a Sunday, they're not part of the liturgy technically, but if it um, on some years they'll be on a Sunday, some years they won't. So St. Paul Mickey is not in the liturgy technically because it's this, a Sunday this year, basically this year. But so I just put him in the um, border. So um, St. Um, Our Lady of Guadalupe, I think, fell right. on a Sunday. Um, is it last year or this year? She this year. This year she's on a Sunday. So she's in the I saw that on one of your things. So. Yeah, Advent. Okay, so yeah, so see how she's on the Sunday. Yeah. So um, it's third Sunday of Advent takes precedence. But, you know, the kids want to know, where's Our Lady of Guadalupe? Oh, well, she's on Sunday. And so she's in the the uh, the frame there. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's, there's, uh, there's one. There. And then here's something, too, from an even older calendar. This yes. is this is no longer on, uh, you know, the 1962 calendar, but Our Lady of Loretto. The, the, yeah. the, uh -huh. the people who, for the people who don't know, this, this will... If they wonder why is this there, you could re read the story of how the angels moved that house. But a super duper duper trans out there with that with that bravery, yeah, that's <laughs> that's right. Well, I think it's also kind of a fun tradition for people who like to make gingerbread houses with their kids to make it on that feast. But then now they they know that it's there. Um, so I have a few other things um, from even older calendars, um, kind of embedded throughout throughout these illustrated uh, liturgical calendars. You can't fit it all in. I mean, there yeah. is so much history and that's kind of what these calendars are is it's showing what's current, 
a little bit of what's newer and then also showing older things as much as I can because it's all um, it's all part of our Catholic heritage. So well, now that you got the heavy lifting down, you can always add what you want to do later and be a little bit more easier, right? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Each year, I'm sure we will be tweaking it. Yeah. I mean, already. So for uh, last year, we got to, she got to almost illustrate half the year. So she, last year she did uh, starting with Advent. She did full color. See, the, when we first started this project, it was black and white, just black and white coloring pages basically right. was what, what, the very first part she started with the Lent calendar and then she did an Easter calendar. <clears throat> and then we also did a Pentecost and then we stopped for that year because we weren't able to. And when we came around to it last year, we started doing full color and that's when, you know, our, uh, these began to grow even more. And we basically made it all the way through uh, the very first season of Pentecost doing all full color. But then every calendar, we kept changing our method, change, getting sharper, getting clearer, mm -hmm. getting some more equipment, getting to do this better. And so what we're doing is we're taking a bunch of the imagery from last year's last year that wasn't because we've actually this particular calendar you see before you, we've settled on a method now. And so we're sort of producing in this using this technique. Well, some of the color imagery is not quite up. So we're having to refresh it. She's having to go and redo the lines and redo digital color. So it stuff. all looks like it all goes it all together. Fits, right. So I think we're going to be doing that probably for a few years to some degree. Fixing it up. Fixing it up. Yeah. Do you want to see any of like the source images? You can see the variety of stuff that I pull from. Like, yeah, sure. Go for it. Okay. I should bring that up. Yeah. So you've been looking at the, the images that oh, we've the been creating, itself. but when I go and I, and I search, um, I'm pulling from a lot of different kinds. So like, for example, this is a photo um, taken from the Rarate mass, um, mm -hmm. which is the mass of our lady during Advent, um, typically set so on the first Saturday of advent um but i think you said on any saturday um but it's a special oh. mass that is said at dawn or sorry it's actually just, it, it begins before dawn but it's basically it's all candlelit and it's a beautiful mass um here's the so, image. i put here the image this is where we brought that that particular saturday of the first week of advent is where what it is on the calendar you can see the source right here next to each other right so you have um so it's the feast of saint peter chrysologus but it's also the day of the Rorate Mass. So here you have Our Lady. It's particularly focused, the, the Mass focusing, uh, focusing on, on Our Lady as be preparing to bring forth the Redeemer. So here you have, have Our Lady pregnant, and then there's St. Um, Peter um, in, in kneeling before her, but then you have the Rorate Mass there. So it's kind of pulling together those different elements, and then there right on the frame to the right is the St. Barbara branch, and that's an old tradition coming from germany they go pick a cherry branch put it in water it day, right yeah sorry you're gonna, you're gonna make them dizzy <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they you, would go you need a website so you can find all the easter eggs you win a free calendar <laughs> that's what we're gonna try to do so um so they would put the cherry branch in water in, in their home and then by christmas that branch would uh the, the hope was that it would bloom that was a sign of of um God's blessing and favor if the, if the branch bloomed. So I try to put these things all together so the children can see how everything fits. Um, but anyway, so so some of the source images. Yeah, this you have them. Right okay. now. That's one of the sources. So this. Here's, here's an example of an Eastern image mm -hmm. that uh, 
who inspired this. So when so I was the O Antiphon, one of the O Antiphon days. The O Antiphons mm -hmm. begin on the seventeenth, and there's um, there's seven of them, um, and they're called uh, the Golden Knights. Um, there's there are special titles of our Lord um, leading up to Christmas, and so this one of O Adonai. Um, I pulled mostly from this icon. So you can see the styles very different <laughs> between a photograph and then an icon. But so I'm taking the content and then simplifying it with, with my line work. But there's um, Moses and the burning bush um, and our Lord and our lady. So, okay, go to the next one. I think there's another. There's another one. Okay, so this one is the one. Creation the of the farm. world. Well, it is that one. Oh, sapiens, which yeah. is wisdom. So you can see like, I took some of the elements of the, the circle and then here you have um, the, the orientation is a little different, but oh, wisdom, I want it. There's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He keeps all things in, um, maintains in all things. Yes. So anyway, so as an example where I'm pulling from old imagery, but then repurposed or like adjusting it for the content that we're trying to use for the calendar. So. And then let's go ahead to Christmas. Christmas? Yeah. Very good. Um, okay. So this is actually in Bethlehem. This is uh, in the crypt there. Um, so this is an icon. Are you going to go over to the, uh, yeah. sorry, let's, we'll yeah. get, get you over. All right. So zoom in on that, that top part. So you see the composition here is very similar, but it's a little bit different. Um, oh, it's like 40 years off Joseph's uh, age right there. <laughs> <laughs> now I try to like and that's one thing I love about the calendars for children is is that anytime a character reappears I try to always make sure they look the same they have the same colors so they're easily recognizable um but like see how this is a cave a lot of times um Christmas images show Christ in a stable um but so the east uh, in the east, east is a tradition of depicting him yeah and then cave but there's a particular reason why and that well, also it, it's more historically accurate that it would have been in a cave because there wasn't a lot of wood in the Holy Land. But also the fact that the cave um, is it's a uh, it represents where Christ was born and also where he died. And so in Eastern icons, Christ is typically shown um, shown uh, like in in the, the, uh, in, the swaddling in garments. They also resemble that of of someone who's been wrapped for burial. Right. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's part. So as so I had the composition of this cave and then where the um, the figures are. But then I think I think it's the next picture. You can see that this I, I, I went more with this style with the actual arrangement. of Right. The, of the so I do a lot of like pulling different aspects from different pictures to pull it together to one thing. So it all fits. Not if that makes sense. <laughs> So we're, we really are. We're, we're taking elements from East and West, from medieval, from classical, and just kind of weaving them together. She really, I guess, she really is taking a lot of artistic license. Uh, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> you're going no blockings for it. Yeah, we're, we're, you're good. You're good. So, like, this is a um, a little piece that I just thought was really beautiful. So I used a lot of the architectural elements from this to in make. the framework for the calendar. So whenever I come into a season, I'll think, what is the right frame? What's the right right style? And I'll pull from church architecture or from She'll little pieces like this. The way she's done all of her arches, you can see the resemblance ah. here of this particular, yeah, uh, this particular style. 
There's a few different ones that I pulled from. I think it's maybe even the next picture that shows another. Is there another one? No, that's it from this one. That's oh, okay. From the slideshow for Christmas. Okay. I think next we have a next oh, we have epiphany. Oh, it's epiphany. Okay, so epiphany. Okay, so like, see here, see the architectural elements on this. That's what I used for the epiphany calendar. Okay, and you can yeah. really, you can really recognize this particular piece. Yeah. Is really the model for the. For the framing of uh, here, I'll break make this a little so you can nice. see it. See, can I see it? So you see the frame there. You see the other way. And we decided to, you know, there seems to be a uh, a correspondence between Lent, Easter, and Pentecost. There's kind of a you know a, a trinity there in the same way between Advent, Christmas, and Epiphany. So if you notice in Epiphany, you see the gold, but now there's the jewels. Right. So Advent had the wood, the wood the for penitential. the penitential, the beautiful gold of Christmas. And then there's this sort of, there's kind of like a, I don't know, this, this climax. This, this, yeah, this revelation to the world of the Christ child. You see, you see the jewels in Epiphany. When you come, you'll see this again on the calendar for Lent will be very simple and very wooden. And then Easter has this bright white stone, this just brilliant sort of white stone. And then Pentecost is sort of really full of color, but lots of stained right. glass windows and blue. So if you, as you get the whole year, you'll get to see this kind of rising and falling in the frame itself, because we're trying to reflect the, the rising and the falling of the liturgy. Uh, mm -hmm. We're trying to make it, you know, uh, something, something you could see. Maria Von Trapp says it's like, it's like the breathing of the church. It has like these, this, this, this um, climax and these low periods and these fasts and feasts. And so we're trying to capture that element to the help the families enter into that more. All right. No, very cool. No, all right. Billion dollar question. Where yeah. can people get it? Sophia, the Sophia Institute, they have generously picked up our project and they're publishing it. You go to their website right now. Actually, you can see a little icon on their front page, but uh, sophiainstitute.com slash calendar. That, that, that'll take you right to it. And they're offering it in two different ways. They're offering it as a uh, subscription. So four times a year, uh, you could have a set of posters sent to you for that volume. So if you get on the subscription, you'll have volume one sent to you. And then when volume two comes out, it'll automatically come, which will contain all the posters for Septuagesima, Lent, and Easter. Or you could buy them individually one at a time. It's a little more expensive that well, it's way. Still, it's still but, a set. You buy, you yeah, buy, the, you buy the, the set. Sets. It's still a set, right? But if you don't want to do the subscription, you can do so. You can do either way at Sophia. And we also have you know, our own little apostolate, our business called Liturgy of the Home. And that's what we're making all this from. And- so our website, at our website, we have a, uh, a membership, a digital subscription. As she, she makes these, as we said earlier, these are made in, you know, in pieces and assembled finally. So because of that, we're able to use the content more than one time. Like you've already seen, you noticed that I have black and white. Mm -hmm. The idea here is you can uh, print these out and these can be giant coloring pages. Uh, also, there is a coloring book that Sophia is going to offer, which... It'll be eight and a half by eleven, and it's it's. I've already I've uh, formatted. formatted the calendar to where you every every when the book is fully open, you will see two full weeks of the calendar, and oh. you can actually cut it out. You could color it and put it up on the wall if you want, but you could also get uh, if you get into our membership on Liturgy of the Home, we have all of this stuff on digital files. So we have, and we have broken it to where each individual day has its own coloring pages. So you see this here, but this image was drawn at a much larger scale. And so we have this available as a coloring page. So families could take and print out 
just the page for that day if they want. You know, let the kids go through and color that as they're listening to a lesson. And we're also, I'm putting together a companion booklet. So we haven't, I haven't had a chance to get this published yet. But if you go to Liturgy of the Home and you, if you actually get into our, well, I'm sorry, if you buy the posters, you get the companion booklet free. Right. But if you get into our membership, you can get access to the coloring pages. And then also she makes a series of monthly dedication images. And we're, we're, we're actively adding more stuff to this. We don't want to add too much stuff, but the whole goal with the Liturgy of the Home membership is we're trying to put together a suite of things that families can use to help make the liturgy more present in their homes. Imagery, we eventually want to do songs. You know, we all know about Christmas carols, but how many of us know the songs that were sung during Advent or songs that are sung at different times of the year? We're trying to work with neighbors and others to put together a series of, of music that goes with every single liturgical season so we can relearn those old songs and sing them together. That'll be on the uh, the Liturgy of the Home digital membership. You mean you don't want to sing O Come, O Come, Emmanuel 40 times? <laughs> well, that's what we do. We do that. But I would like, you know, actually our neighbors, the classes, they they actually know a lot of this stuff that we don't know. Yeah. So we're, we're working with them. We work with people that are good at things that yeah. we're not good at. And then we do the things <laughs> she that does, we're good, good at. She's and good we're drawing. hoping to bring I it all together. I do the together. tech. And yeah, we're, we're work harder, not smart, work smarter, not harder. That's right. I mean, in, in that regard, we're wanting to collaborate with others because ideally we, we would like our membership to be a place where you could go and all the resources you might be interested in or need to help celebrate the liturgy, the liturgical year in your home. It's all there and it's all ordered together to where you, instead of having to go, because you know, right now you could tell the stories. There's a lot of, you know, internet savvy moms out there who have done this and done that. They put together recipes. They, they, they do different things in their homes and they share what they're doing. And it's really great, but it's, it's all over the place. We would like to, you know, kind of collect and curate that to where in this one membership, you can have everything you need to, to enable you to better celebrate and, liturgy at home. And that it's customizable. So you don't have to do everything. Right. So some moms like to cook according to liturgical year and some moms are like i want to do crafts and so we're trying to make the membership such where moms can choose the parts that they want to do and if all they want to do is just do the calendar and coloring pages or just mm -hmm. the calendar they can just do that because it can be overwhelming to try to you can't do everything so different families have different needs oh very good and uh, always i'll put the links underneath in the show notes for both the calendar to sophia y'all's calendar and i'll put in also the von trop book uh Van Trap book, Von Trap book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I think they know you're talking Sophia about. Does that as well? It's back in print. Yes. Yeah, that's right. No, we we have it. We have, we have it. that book print, uh, published by Sophia. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, uh, any other final words? That was great. Um, I just wanted to briefly um put a little uh, thing out there to say for for families, especially if any mothers, um are feeling overwhelmed with like, I want to do more to celebrate the liturgical year, but I am not sure where a good place to start or what I should focus on. Um, Cause there's so many different ways of coming about it. So I wanted to offer a few um, things I think are the most impactful for children. Um, and that is um, if you're going to celebrate feast days, celebrate the feast days that you're, children's your children's namesake feast days mm -hmm. i think that's really a great place to start because it really gives the child a sense of you know this saint that i'm named after is really important 
um, or confirmation saints. Like choose which which feast days for your family are really important. Um, the other thing that's really good to start with, I think, is baptismal anniversaries. Mm-hmm. So the day your child was baptized, put that on the calendar. Choose something that you'll do that will be meaningful for to your child. Like so, what we do is we have a special dessert. We invite family or friends over. We get out their baptismal candle and we do a renewal of their baptismal promises. Um, most of my kids have it memorized. My younger ones, we try to always invite the godparents to come to the party. And if the child's too young to to answer the questions, then the godparent does it. Um, and if they're old enough, then they hold their own baptismal candle. Um, so that's a that's another really wonderful place to start because it's personal to your family. If your family hasn't has, in, has uh, done the enthronement of the Sacred Heart, um, celebrating that day each year and, and saying and and renewing that consecration, I think is wonderful. So. Um, be like specific to your family and your family saints, um, and your special days. And I think that's a great way to start really living the faith. Um, besides having the calendars up so you can see all the other saints feast days, but as far as doing stuff in your home, I just wanted to suggest that to moms. And, and if you do have the calendar up, it's our, it's our hope that you can get the calendar and then you can go and, and look at the readings you know, from the companion guide mm-hmm. for that day. And I'm going to I'm going to present there just a short bio of the saint, probably from Dom, uh, from liturgical year from Don Garanger, or maybe something abbreviated from Butler's. Um, you know, for we did, we got to start small. Yes. You know, we got to start small. If we could do that, if you could just have you know something like the count this calendar up, and if you do just a brief reading, maybe read the collect from the liturgy to that saint, and just kind of get in the habit of doing that every day, like in the morning or as part of your your family rosary. I think just taking that step. And just stay with it. We'll, we'll, things will grow from it. Things will grow from if it. You don't, I think that's, that's how we got to rebuild Christian culture. And you don't have any of those books that you mentioned, Butler's and Dom Garanger. I have both of them in, well, I have Garanger in four different languages. But they're on the website, the census.fidelium.us website. Just click on there. If you don't want to buy the entire set, it's right there. If you want to, I'll put the link in for Butler's. Uh, Loretto Pub has both of them. Uh, Garanger and Butler's, the old school ones. So you can get that out. I'll include everything down below in the show notes as well. But, uh, Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. Yeah. So, Do you guys have an Instagram thing? Maybe you can tell the people that, hey, when you get this, put it up on the wall, take a photo of it, put it on your tag in your Instagram. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. We, we do have, we're uh, in Liturgy of the Home on Instagram. I think you just search for us. Uh, there you go. Tag, tag them in there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, tag us in it. We'd love actually we'd love to see it. And if you guys, you know, get in uh if you get the coloring book for the Sophia or if you get in the membership and you call, I love I really want to see some of the things because I understand we've heard feedback from folks from grown-ups who like to color these. Photos and put them on your website and things like that. The kids that love would, that. That would be great. All right, Harrison family. Now I appreciate you guys and uh yeah, congratulations on the calendar. And uh, again, everything be underneath in the show notes and the uh, I appreciate your time. And thank you, Steve, for ha- for having us and for just helping us get our message out. It's uh, this has been a has been a crazy ride over the last you know two years, just starting this small th- thing and then finding ourselves here. I, I I've often told her I feel like we're we work at a company where the upper management's in heaven because there's this stuff that's been happening to us that we didn't really make happen. I don't know if I mentioned it. I did not mention it earlier, but. Uh, Sophia, this whole deal with getting to publish to Sophia, it was them that reached out to us. I was getting ready to try to 
get a hold. I didn't know who I, I actually, I was, I, we got in contact with Dr. Kwasniewski and I was about to try to cultivate something there when uh, the president of Sophia emailed me because other people had talked to him. So for me, I'm like, well, I, I think it's God that set that one up. <laughs> so we're just, we're just going with it. We're just, we're just going with it day by day. Wow, very good. Well, hopefully, uh, a lot of people uh, put this up in their homes and uh, maybe next year even more. So, especially when others see it, and then yeah, oh, what's this about? No, again, thank you very much, and uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. All right, see All you right, take care. We'll do, it, we'll do it again when you guys get when the uh, set to adjacent and length one comes out. Yes, yeah. Well, there's that'll there. be fun. You would love she's, to. She's designing the set to adjacent now. Oh, so we'll, we'll we have, don't we don't have it though. We can't. Well, we can't give us we keep going we'll end up getting into the 2023 calendar here <laughs> all right anyway we gotta love you thank you guys all righty thanks